Hello and welcome to the Geek Standing Boyle Retrospective Podcast, where our UK team will be looking through the entire cinematic work of director Danny Boyle in chronological order, from his 1995 debut Shallow Grave to this year's Trainspotting 2. We'll have a new podcast up every Wednesday and every Saturday leading up to the US release of T2 on March the 17th. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout, and Geeks and Tessellate do not represent any of the companies or creative talents involved with any of these films. This podcast is 100% unofficial and independent. Geeks! Geeks! Hello and welcome to the final episode in our Danny Boyle retrospective series where we have tracked through 12 movies, 12 cinematic movies, all the way from 995 Shallow Grave up until the launch of Trainspotting 2 in America, which will be coming out... March 17th. On March the 17th. I'm trying to remember if we organized this so that the last podcast was... Probably comes out Saturday after, because the 17th yeah, is I think Friday. Technically, this is a few days later, because our Trainspotting 2 podcast should go up the day after Trainspotting 2 comes out in America. Yes. Mm. So this is a few days later. Uh, we are doing a roundup podcast, which is my favorite bit of these shows, to be honest, because I enjoy going for the series, but you get quite introverted in the films, I find. You're seeing so many movies... Mm. Um, and it's kind of nice to like get some space at the end and look back on it all as a whole yeah. and see how stuff is shuffled around. Uh, we like to do with these, normally I've done horror ones and we pick out, you know, best death, best masks, best whatever, blah, 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 character design. Um, best director as well, but we can't do that here. One <laughs> Danny <day>. Boyle. <laughs> so we've come up with a new um, bunch of sort of nominations and awards we're going to give out, which are going to be individual. None of these are, this is not a, not a democracy. <laughs> We're each picking our, <laughs> our own personal subjective awards for stuff. Why are they going to win? Uh, respect. We'll let Danny Ball know. Right. You should feel proud of these elements mm-hmm. of your movies. I'm sure he cares that Ali chooses this one, Haruka chooses he does. this one. He cares. Come on. Come on. Come on. So we're going to be doing best song, best soundtrack, best lead character, best female character, most Danny Boyle film, least Danny Boyle film, which film would like a sequel to, as well as... Uh, we're going to rank all 12 movies uh, from worst to best. Did you say best script? No, I don't have best script down. Um. Oh. Sorry, I didn't put that down. Because um, I couldn't remember where we ended up with that. But I can, I can add lift down pretty quick. All right. Yeah. So, guys, how do you feel? This is, this is you go, I've done a few of these franchise retrospectives. This mm-hmm. is your, both of your first journeys with this. Yeah. Would you do one again? Was it too tiring? Do you wish you'd never signed up for it to <laughs> begin with? <laughs> It was great. I loved it. I did too. Okay. I would absolutely do it again. You no feel way. like, but is it something like, yeah, I was talking to you a bit about it last night, Ali, in terms of like, do you feel like you get anything out of that on how you're kind of looking at film or looking at one creative, you know, point of perspective and how like someone's journey for their life is, which I've really enjoyed with this. Cause yeah, before I've done franchises, not directors, um, which is a very different thing. You see like with something like Friday 13th, even though they're all bad movies, it's fascinating and lots of fun because A, they're all short. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit easy. If there's a bad one, you don't have to sit down for two hours. <laughs> but B, to get to see where the character is in, in part one to where they are in part four, it's so a million years, like just so far away from each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you get to like the end of the show where like they're in space. <laughs> it's just <laughs> so, like, and you think about going back to that first film, it's insane. So that's kind of fun in that way. But this one I found really fun, yeah, particularly as someone in the industry as well, just to see how someone grew or didn't grow, depending mm-hmm. on which way we think they went or their career and the, the kind of repeating imagery and repeating ideas mm. and stuff like that and themes, which I definitely, I've been a big fan of Danny Boyle and I never noticed 
how many reoccurring themes are in his movies mm-hmm. of the types of stories he seems to gravitate towards. Right. So what about you guys? Did you like, yeah, do you feel, did, is that enjoyable for you? <laughs> or is it just fun to watch a bunch of movies? And I mean, it is fun to watch a bunch of movies, but mm-hmm. it's also, it's definitely enjoyable to pick out. I think, I mean, some people might be able to, some people definitely can do this faster than I can, <laughs> but it takes, a f- it took a few movies for me to be able to, define oh that's a very Danny Boyle thing or that's something that I haven't necessarily seen before Mm -hmm. and start putting links between all of them so I found that at the end of it I was having a much easier time pointing out things that I like and things that worked for me in terms of being Danny Boyle and having an easier time scoring them just because the first two was like well I don't really I'll just personally as a movie having nothing to do with other Danny Boyle movies because I haven't seen any other than Slumdog Mm -hmm. I was just kind of scoring blindly and then by the end of it I had an easier time scoring and then going back and being like oh I gave this the score I would rather give it this yeah yeah. it becomes easier because you're more familiar with it that is interesting because I feel like as we go through this I mean I don't know we're going to be picking out our our most Danny Boyle film and least Danny Boyle film stuff Mm -hmm. but I do feel like yeah we, we have to judge these as movies at the end of the day you know like like I don't think we can judge them too much against each other if you know mm-hmm. what I mean like if someone would like one or we recommend one then it should be able to stand on its own obviously yeah um so while yeah I agree with you like it's it's getting that scope of someone it's great and it makes that much easier to contrast stuff in your head but at the same time your first emotions are very valid you know mm. if you just yeah. watch Trainspotting 1 and you feel a certain way about it and you haven't seen any other Danny Boyle films that's completely valid yeah definitely what about you Haruka um yeah I really enjoyed it but because I'm not normally a very analytical person so I think this is the first time I you know watched something or some things uh with the analytical cap on since like probably drama school because then you know back in drama school I used to like watch plays and write essays about it blah blah blah. so it was yeah it was an interesting experience but I think um now that we finished it I think I know what I like about Daniel Ball films a lot more but also I know what I like about films in general okay. um yeah so That's cool. yeah it right. was a very um um enlightening experience because you were like yeah when you started you said you were a big Danny Boyle fan yeah one of your favorite directors yep. but yes. you had as we went through them there was definitely a turning point for you where you kind of got turned off by his movies mm-hmm. after Slumdog yeah and had stopped going to see them yeah do you feel you will go and see his next movie now? oh yeah definitely because I really loved Steve Jobs which was his second recent film yeah um yeah so yeah so, so it's definitely rekindled your faith i in think him, so at least, to go back. yeah but then we had t2 which yeah we'll get into we'll it get later into it. But, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but yes um if for some weird reason you're jumping into this point of our podcast yeah do be aware there are 12 ones beforehand so you can hear our proper in-depth views on each film we're not going to be getting into those um since we have covered everything extensively <laughs> too extensively in some ways um but yeah, so let's get straight into our nominations. I've actually gone super geeky, so with each one I've given three nominations, and then I'll say which one won out. Um, let's start with something that's very Danny Boyle, which is music. So best overall soundtrack. Now, almost all of these films have great soundtracks. Mm-hmm. They really do. Yeah. And as we're watching them, as we said on the podcast a few times, I've been like building a playlist of my favorite songs from his films, which kind of helped me crystallize Oh, I always think this soundtrack's my favorite, mm. but I only picked three songs out of the soundtrack, where I picked five songs out of this one or whatever. Um, 
And surprisingly, some of his worst, well, not worst, but some of my personally least favorite films of his have some of the best soundtracks. I yeah. think the Lifeless Ordinary soundtrack is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Think that's um, true. But it's certainly not one of my favorites <laughs> of his <laughs> movies. Right. Um, but yeah, very important to Danny Ball, the music in his movies, a real driving force, I think. It helps his film succeed or not succeed. I don't think we've got to be picking this by which one works best with a movie. Just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you're going to buy the soundtrack and listen to it, which one has the best songs that mm-hmm. you like? So, who wants to go first? Uh, I have three. Start you got three soundtracks? <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to pick one by the end of it. So, your nominations okay. for his best soundtrack. Okay. Okay, so my nominations are <laughs> Train Spotting, 28 Days Later, Sunshine. Okay. Um, so, another one you listen to a lot. Yeah. Is that going to be your winner or is it going to be too. It's tricky because, like, like you said in the previous podcast, Train Spotting is more like. You know, it's like songs rather than scores mainly. Yeah. Well, they're all, yeah, um, most of these are songs rather than scores. Yeah, but then like... Other than Sunshine is very yeah, much scores, scores. True, true, true. I don't know. Oh, it's a tricky one. Maybe... Mm, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a fun <laughs> Maybe I'll have to give it to Trainspotting because it's, you know, it's, it's just awesome. And yeah. yeah. The collection of songs is... Yeah, it's just as a... Fairly flawless as a body of... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as a soundtrack, but also just as mm-hmm. an album. It's, it's yeah, pretty tight. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Ali Son, what's your favorite soundtrack? I wrote two down. I didn't know this whole three nomination. No, rule. I was just making it up. <laughs> <laughs> There's no rule. Um, but the two that I wrote down are Shallow Grave and A Life Less Ordinary. Interesting. Mm, what was yes. it you like about Shallow Grave? One? That one was more like jazzy, classic bluesy type of music mm-hmm. which i really love got some nina simone on there yep other things other things i'm <laughs> not gonna bring these <laughs> that up are also nice. i know i was having a hard time remembering which songs came from what but those were the two that i remembered specifically really liking not necessarily remembering each song that is in it but yeah. i really like both of those soundtracks um i'm sorry I'm going to bring this up properly so we can guys. So Shallow Grave, you've got Left Field, which is actually his thumpy, dancey stuff. You've got Simon Boswell doing a bunch of score. You've got Nina Simone. You've got uh, Andy Williams with Happy Heart. You've got John Carmichael Band, Strip the Willow. Um, so yeah, there's a good mix of the oldies and uh, mm-hmm. more modern. Yeah. And The Life is Ordinary. Yep. So this is, yeah, like, I mean, most people won't have seen this film um, and definitely won't have heard the soundtrack. Um, I agree with you that the soundtrack is 100% better than the film. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great... And normally a great, great soundtrack, soundtrack, I find, makes a great film. It was a rule my mom gave me when I was very young, was if you like the music in the beginning of the movie, you're going to like the movie. Uh, Obviously, I feel there are films that break that rule because they're being purposefully obtuse or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the soundtrack definitely helped me give it a higher score than I would have. Right. Yeah. So, so you got Diana Ross and the Supremes, you got the Sneaker Pimps, Elastica, More Underworld, Alabama 3... Beck, Orbital, Prodigy, uh, Cameron Diaz and Ewan McGregor, (laughs) (laughs) R.E.M., Faithless, Ash, Folk Implosion, The Cardigans, Elvis Presley, Dusted, Squirrel Nut Zippers, Oasis, Luscious Jackson, whole bunch of cool artists on that soundtrack. Um, So are you giving it to A Lifeless Ordinary or are you giving it to I think so. It's hard because I really love oldies, but... I think there are more songs in A Life Less Ordinary that I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah. 
I'm so my nominations are for a lifeless ordinary, uh, train spotting, and twenty eight days later, which doesn't have that much in it. But what it has is more my type of music. Like it's got Granddaddy in it. It's got Godspeed You, um, You Black Emperor. It's got stuff that I was listening to obsessively at the mm-hmm. time when the film came out. So the soundtrack didn't have many tracks that I listened to necessarily that much. It's right. got a great score as well. But, oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it means a lot to me. Those songs. Train spotting has to be yeah. My, my winner um, yeah you've got Iggy Pop David Bowie Lust for Life you've got Brian Eno you've got um, Blur you've got Sleeper you've got Primal Scream New Order Iggy Pop again Pulp Elastica Underworld um, Damon Alburn I mean it's a very 90s soundtrack but with mm-hmm. the classic stuff thrown in there as well that he's following on I feel um, yeah and again it's kind of hard for me to separate that from my history with just how much that soundtrack meant to me at the time that's the beauty of it it is so let's really funnel it down a best song what is your favorite song out of all Danny Boyle films and this Hard could be one. different from a favorite soundtrack it could be one track on one film yeah uh, here we go let's come back to you I listed like five okay which are In the House In the Heartbeat by John Murphy from 28 Days Later yep uh, I about that one. Mercury from Sunshine also by John Murphy uh, Born Slippy Underworld, mm-hmm. Train Spotting, uh, Festival, Sigur Ross, uh, 127 yeah, 100, hours. 127 hours, yeah, sorry. Sorry, I don't do numbers. I was about to say 128 hours later. 127 hours later. And then I got The Libertines, Don't Look Back Into The Sun. Nice. Um, What's that one from? I think that's from, isn't that from um, Train Spotting? Oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, it's, tricky one because they're so different um but i think as a score mm-hmm. for a film score i think it, it'll be in the house in a heartbeat because it's such an iconic track and every time i hear that tune being played it immediately brings me back to 28 days later yeah um so yeah good choices good choices thank you very much alison this was the easiest question for me to answer. And I'm sure you know exactly what I'm going to say. Well, no, I'm between two for you. So, yeah, go on with Oh, me. you're between two? Yeah. Okay. Um, I chose that you were always on my mind by Elvis Presley. There you go. Yeah. What was Makes your second sense. one? Um, Nina Simone. Yeah, Nina Simone. Yeah. Um, and then there was one other I remembered you liked, but I couldn't remember who it was by, which was, was that in Life is Ordinary? I can't remember. There was one other classic oldie mm. you were digging. Um, no, it's the one that it's right at the end, isn't it? Yeah, for I can't remember. Anyway, fuck it. <laughs> um, my favorite songs were going to be "My Baby Just Gets to Me" by Nina Simone, mm-hmm. "Perfect Day" by Lou Reed, oh, yeah. and "Silk" by Wolf Alice, um, which admittedly just gone listening to it a lot at the moment. It's a track I'm loving, and definitely my favorite bit of music from Trainspotting too. Um, I'm definitely going to give mine to "Perfect Day" by Lou Reed, just because mm. I think it's one of my favorite songs of all time, and uh, contextually as well like in that scene when he takes the heroin that's bad and sinks straight into the carpet mm. um, and then he's like looking through the carpet like visor yeah. kind of thing the whole way through that scene I just think the juxtaposition between the music and what's happening in that scene is phenomenal um, so yeah that's my personal favourite alright what do we want to do next best lead character best female character well I think we should get into his most Danny Boyle and least like we should say something towards the end so Let's do actors. Okay. Okay. Here we go. That's the only actor at the uh, table. Which one do you want to do first? <laughs> um, so best lead character. Okay. I've got Robert Kappa from Sunshine. 
There he is. Jim from Sunsh- uh, 28 Days Later. Now, which one's Robert Kappa? It's the main one. Oh, he's the main one. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Tell me why. I want to know why. Well, what do you like about him? Because he's a lead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you like him because he's and a he lead. He has pretty no, eyes. What do you like about his character? Well, I like the fact that he's, he's quite passive in it, but um, I, l- I love how um, Killian Murphy portrayed the vulnerability and stuff. Um, and I love the fact that you know, like the whole him being terrified of the sun, but he has to like head towards the sun, blah, blah. So okay. I, I kind of like, yeah, I like the character. You like the character and the um, character arc in the way. Yeah, exactly. The arc, yes. Cause I find that character useless. I really <laughs> do. I find him so useless. I was thinking about Sunshine last night when I was putting together my list because, and it's weird because I, I did really, really like Sunshine first mm-hmm. time, but then like going back on it, I was kind of yeah. like, I just... Yeah, the lead was part of my big problems with mm-hmm. that movie, to be honest. I, lo- right. I love Murphy. I think mm-hmm. he's great. But yeah. Yeah. Continue. And Jim. Jim. 28 Days Later. 28 Days Later. Another Killian Murphy yeah. character. I'm sensing <laughs> a crush. <laughs> yes. Yes. I can't deny that. Uh, Ali's yeah. all going to be Ewan McGregor by any chance. <laughs> yeah, and I you also have... McGregor in there? <laughs> yep. I also have Steve Jobs. Okay. Because, like, his... Like, no one really likes him as a person. <laughs> and as a character, he was pretty unlikable. But then, like, yeah, they did such a great job of making him interesting. And, yeah. you know, again, you can kind of see his vulnerable side. And, yeah, I really enjoyed the performance. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, are you going to go with Fastbender, Killing Murphy, or Killing Murphy? <laughs> I think I might have to give it to Fastbender, you know? Really? Yeah. Because yeah. I think the performance was just, like, top-notch. And, like, it were straying away from... Because we're talking about actors now, right? Well, than yeah, characters. no, but a character, it is both the character yeah. as written and then yeah. how the actor portrays them. I feel it has to be an amalgamation of yeah. both things combined. Yeah. So, yeah, I think in terms of, like, watchability and stuff, then Steve Jobs was the most um, surprisingly... Engaging character. Engaging character, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's what we have to go with, which one's most engaging, which mm. is from all the aspects of stuff. Um, I'll go next. I'll leave Ali for last on this one. My ones. I'm trying to mix it up. So you don't That's fine. To... You just don't want to hear Ewan's name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what's coming. <laughs> I've got an extra little one I've thrown in just for you, by the way. Topic. Just for I, me? I haven't named yet. We'll get oh, boy. Um, and it is not most is needless Spud nudity. Is the answer, is... <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, which favorite potato character? <laughs> yeah, it's not needless nudity would go to trance for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which best shaved (laughs) nether regions? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My favorite lead characters are Mark Renton for Train Spotting, Steve Jobs Mm -hmm. for Steve Jobs, and Richard for The Beach. Um, Mm. Which I actually find the character Richard is a really interesting character. Mm. I don't necessarily like how quickly they shape shift him in in the last third of the movie, Um, but I find him really engaging and interesting and evocative. And I think Leo does a ferocious job of, mm. of tackling him like really fucking goes, yeah. goes for it he doesn't make the best decisions though does he no no <laughs> I don't want to hang out with him right? I'm not saying any of these I don't want to <laughs> I'm not going to date him or anything but just in terms of a watchable character yeah. I think he's a really interestingly written character mm. and I think he's performed fantastically well true um, Mark Renton yeah I think Ewan McGregor does this wonderful like for me it's the great battle we just went to the Moulin Rouge Secret Cinema the night before last mm-hmm. and I find him a bit too sappy in that and I find Ewan McGregor can be played a bit too soft 
and I feel in Trainspotting 1, he's got this nice balance between, you can see he's a bit goofy and you can see he's a bit soft, but you can also see he's got like some edginess to him and sort of unpredictability to him. Mm. And I think he does a really cool, really good job with right. that role, playing a lot of different, because you've got to be on a, it's difficult to write a character that's stealing from people, hurting people, taking heroin, letting babies die and not caring <laughs> and still find them, you you know, you're, you're behind them mm-hmm. and I feel I am behind them all the way through that film um, but yeah my my choice would have to go to Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs who I think is the best written the most complicated and interesting and the best acted character mm-hmm. as a lead in any of Danny Ball's films um, which yeah it's, you know maybe it's a bit of a cheat when it is based on a real person and blah 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 but yeah. it's still a character at the end of the day mm-hmm. and yeah that's yep. my favourite Ali so I only have one Ewan McGregor, Ooh. shockingly, um, and it's Mark from Trainspotting. Okay. And then my other options are Steve Jobs from Steve Jobs and Aaron Ralston from 127 Hours. And sorry. Oh, yeah. James yeah. Franco. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. What did you like about him? Um, seeing James Franco in a completely different character and pulling it off ridiculously well, I think. Mm. And that's actually... Uh, we're we're not doing my favorite scene but my favorite scene i think is him doing the whole game show host mm. against himself really yeah so i really really like that and okay. for me among those three that's my favorite james franco is aaron Austin. really mm-hmm. cool. that's great yeah he nearly i sat for a while between him and richard and i couldn't quite make up my mind for a bit but yeah he's he's a really and again like yeah i guess in many ways he should he should should win because he's the only person on screen for that film so like <laughs> if you can get through that entire film with just him then it does prove he's an interesting character mm, yeah very true um okay so let's move into best female character yeah um, because he doesn't really have a female lead even though as we were saying before danny boyle protests that trance <laughs> she is the sort of twist female lead of the film mm-hmm. which narratively yes but in actuality no yeah um, I'm sure that's how he sold it to her when he's like, you have to get completely naked, but <laughs> you are the lead of the movie, <laughs> if you yeah. think about it in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, Haruka. Uh, well, initially I only put down one. Okay. Uh, but now that I'm thinking about it, I think I can list two more. Okay. So, Selena by Naomi Harris. Yes. From 28 Days Later. Um the Kate Winslet's character from Joanna. Steve Jobs, Joanna, and um, your girlfriend in Trainspotting. Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Diane. <laughs> yes. Um, I think those three are my favorite female okay. characters. But the We can talk at the same time because I have the identical same list. <laughs> <laughs> really? uh, the one I knew I should put on there is the lead girl from Shallow Grave. Um, oh, yeah. I actually think yeah. she's great, but I have such a crush on Kelly McDonald uh-huh. that I can't not put her <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No, I think, but the, without a doubt, I think my very favorite is Selena from 28 Days Later because she's a strong female character and she's kick-ass and she's cool. And seems to have, yeah, a weird legacy with Michonne and The Walking Dead. Yeah, true. true, true. When you go back 28 Days Later, it's really evident. Um, Yeah, I have exactly the same list. Um, Joanna's definitely my favorite. I think Kate Winslet is her character and the way she portrays her and the relationship she manages Mm. to walk like a fine line with. We were talking about that last night as well, I think, when we were the other night, in terms of, um, I say, looking to Alison for people just <laughs> listening to them. 
um, because yeah, because we found out later that he was married straight away after the second section of the film, mm. but they never deal with his wife in the movie at all. And then her line, like, no, his line later where he's just suddenly halfway through an argument and he's like, why didn't we ever sleep together? And she just says, because we weren't in love or we're not in love, whatever. And then just like fobs it off and goes straight on. And it just encapsulates so much about both of them mm-hmm. in terms of his mindset of like, surely this would have happened at some point because it's just, you know, going to happen. And her mindset is, yeah, like, yeah coming from a very different like this deep-seated emotional place mm-hmm. where clearly they are in love with each other but yeah. just in a very different way kind mm-hmm. of thing um and i think she's to stand up against a character like steve jobs like she does in the way that fassbender plays him is yeah takes a lot of gravitas mm-hmm. from an actor yeah. <laughs> so i have the same list as well just minus kelly oh so i have how dare Selena you and joanna <laughs> you didn't choose her She's your girlfriend. Yeah. Come on. She'd be one I most want to date. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps when she's not 16, whatever she is in the film. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe train spotting too. Train spotting too, yeah. yeah. She's right. a lawyer as well. Yeah, yeah. smart cookie. Yeah, smart a cookie. Smart cookie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, for me, without a doubt, it's also Joanna. She was the only one I wrote down initially. Mm-hmm. And I had her, I was deciding between her and Aaron for lead character, but then we decided to make separate ones. I moved her over to female, hmm. and then we started doing this whole more than one answer for things. Sorry. I added Selena. <laughs> no, I really down. I love Selena's character in Twenty Eight Days Later, also. So that was very easy to add her in there. Cool. All right then. Here's one for you, Allie. Oh boy. Best Ewan <laughs> McGregor haircut. <laughs> Is it gonna be the train spotting one buzz cut, the train spotting two slightly longer buzz cut, a lifeless ordinary's quiff? Or the shallow grave quiff. <laughs> you got two versions of each type of hairdo, I feel. Oh, do you need to see any photos? No, I do not. <laughs> you got they them as your desktop. <laughs> each, each item I have. One's on my computer, one's on my phone. Do you remember his um, shallow grave haircut? Yes, I do. Okay. Young, young, young Ewan McGregor. Young, young, young indeed. Yeah. His haircut at the very beginning of Trainspawning 2 is similar to that because he has long hair when he's on the treadmill and then it gets cut. There he is. Very long yep. hair. Look at that great. face. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> Look at you. You're so <laughs> happy right now. I think I want to say a life less ordinary just because I think a it's life hilarious. Was, are you kidding? <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> It Are is. you going for like when I think he's when I find him most attractive? Yeah, I, said, I think okay. I said and I'm most oh, attractive. Sorry. Is that what I said? Maybe I didn't. I well, think that was he implied. makes me laugh in a life less ordinary. Most attractive, I think, buzzed in Trainspotting 2. Trainspotting 2. Yeah. So he yeah, yeah, I found it interesting. Well. You did say, because you're a big Ewan fan. Um, did your Ewan uh, fascination or obsession or whatever you want to call it begin with Moulin Rouge? Yeah, that was okay. my introduction to him. Okay. It also has to do with me just loving the way people dressed in the 20s. Although it's technically not. It's so funny. Does that not make you happy looking at that? If I had that set as my background on my phone, I would be in a good mood every day. Just because it's hilarious. Either that or a picture of him in his yellow crop top and train spotting when he's at the club. That would also make me very happy every day. That will do it. Um, But yeah, most attractive, definitely. Train spotting now. Yeah, I think he does look most attractive now, which is interesting. Yeah, he's a handsome man. He's aging well mm. good genes very well um all right 
let's do most Danny Boyle film. So the way we kind of came up with this criteria is, yeah, he has a lot of recurring themes. He has a lot of recurring imagery. For me, a most Danny Boyle film, and so let me know if you guys are in agreement or not, it's got to be to do with the music. It, um, it's got to be to do with his editing style. It's got to be doing with how he's coming in straight at the beginning of the movie, the type of camera angles he's using, and having at least a handful of very experimental ideas, mm-hmm. which he tends to love to do. Um, I was happy going through this list, finding it quite hard to get the next category, which is the least Danny Boyle film. Mm-hmm. I was happy that there weren't too many that could fit into that. Mm. Um, but most Danny Boyle is pretty hard because yeah. almost all these films have a lot of creativity yeah. in a Danny Boyle cocky kind of way. <laughs> um, who wants to go first with this? Ruka, you haven't spoken in a minute. Have I not? No. I'm always speaking my head. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, I think most Danny Boyle films for me were Train Spotting, mm-hmm. The Beach, mm-hmm. uh, Twenty Eight Days Later. Okay. But then I also thought Steve Jobs was quite Danny Boyle in a very strange, like restricted way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess the first three probably. Make a case for that. Because I actually have Steve Jobs, spoiler, but I have Steve Jobs in one of my three for the least, least Danny uh-huh. Boyle. Well, there were like very less of his style in it. Mm-hmm. But when they were there, they were like really there. And it was you bold can really, when it happened. Yeah, so. exactly. So it was a very decisive, you know, thing. And the soundtrack was pretty, I mean, very different style. But still, you can see that a lot of care went into selecting the soundtrack and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry, your other two were The Beach and Train The Beach, 28 Days Later, and, and Train Spotting. Okay. Which one do you think is the most... Train what do you think spotting. is the And that's what I'm saying. It's like, if you were to suggest someone, they want to see a film to understand who Danny Boyle is. Uh-huh. So, you give them one film. Like, this is the film. will un- let you understand in one movie what he does. Yeah. And it doesn't mean he always does that, but it's yeah. like balls him down best. It's like a calling card, mm-hmm. I guess. I think for me it has to be train spotting because it's such a such a strong defining film and yeah, yeah I think that's the ultimate Danny Ball film. Okay. In terms of colours, in terms of shots, in terms of, you know, soundtrack, like everything. Yeah, and I guess the characters as well and that like he does like he does love to pick people from the underworld a lot mm-hmm. and show their kind of journey in a beautiful way. Yeah. And, you can't get more underworld than Scotland in the 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> Allie. So for this, I was deciding between Train Spotting and Shallow Grave. And I. It's weird just because those are the two first films mm-hmm. he did. So I don't know if it's because those were the first two I saw. So that's what defined it for me. So I was always relating the rest of them to those. Right, okay. But I think. So for me, I also chose Train Spotting. Um, and it's. I think all of the recurring themes that we see in the later films, whether or not they're all in each other, they're I see them all in train spotting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the chaotic opening, the voiceovers, mm-hmm. the shots, the you know, crazy energy, the even surreal experimental yeah. mm-hmm. kind of things mm-hmm. yep. as well. And soundtrack for sure too is all present in train spotting for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I think you're probably both right. I've, you've convinced me, even though I've put something different. <laughs> but I'm sort of convinced. Um, but I was just kept putting train spotting as too many of my answers. To uh, yeah, my votes are actually for train spotting, the beach, and 127 hours. Um, 
and I actually gave my winner to 127 hours mm. um, for the most Danny Boyle film, which I don't think it is in terms of character because he's not like he is a weird, kooky, strange, goofy character mm-hmm. um, who has some edge to him. It's both likable and unlikable, which mm-hmm. I think is very Danny Boyle. But he's not obviously surrounded by a bunch of characters. Um, but I find from a film sense mm-hmm. and a musical sense, I, I think 127 hours, like when we saw it, I said this is kind of like an amalgamation of so many of his films he's done before he's taken a bit from this and a bit from this and a bit from this so for me it's kind of a very like it mixes in a lot of different elements from his different sort of styles and genres Uh into one um so i would completely still say train spawning as well but Mm. i i find that 127 hours is a cleaner kind of calling card it's very interesting because for me like daniel ball film has to be well yeah they the, what I really like about Danny Boyle films is that it's an ensemble like they're right. a, a lot of them are ensemble pieces mm. yeah and yeah that's probably what well the, that's probably one of the reason why I didn't like 127 hours so much because it was yeah not an ensemble, ensemble. Piece. yeah no I can appreciate that I think yeah maybe you're both right like I think Transponding has at least as many um, Danny Boyle isms in how it's directed and edited and shot and stuff but then it also has it yeah in terms of narrative which 127 hours doesn't have these normal narrative themes mm. um, at all so Trainspotting is probably more the, yeah. the objective answer mm. to it. Um, such a diverse versatile director it's kind yeah. of crazy but I do think for me from as a director point of view 127 hours is, mm. is yeah the kind of cooking pot of a lot of pretty much all this other movies stirred into one just not from a narrative point of view uh least danny boyle film then i've got steve jobs trance and sunshine so these three for me and i nearly put millions in there um but for me steve jobs is very undanny boyle even mm-hmm. though yeah there are those little flourishes but it's so mature and so it feels like a director is in the 60s which mm-hmm. none of his other films have felt to me right um which is not a bad thing at all just very different from him mm-hmm. uh trance for me is in there now trance actually does feel quite danny ball in places there are places where it feels very danny ball but in term but what it feels like to me is someone trying to be danny boy yeah um like the opening like we said in the podcast for me is just like all the things are there on paper but none of it's mixing together and working right and it just feels like that embarrassing time you know after pop fiction where all these people directors try to be tarantino mm-hmm. and they thought oh if we just have people saying pop culture things and swearing a lot and talking you know <laughs> doing all this like juxtaposing the music with the scene and stuff in an awkward weird way then we can be tarantino it's like no there's a certain magic in that <laughs> and none of that magic's in trance no. um and then sunshine uh, which for me is a very on danny boyle film like there's none of his his creative strange visual ideas at all the music's completely different. It's almost all score. Um, and that's actually won my award for the least Danny Boyle film. Um, which doesn't mean I don't like it at all. It mm-hmm. just feels like it's from a different director. Howie. <laughs> <laughs> so my three for least Danny Boyle film is R. Is R. Is R. <laughs> English. Um, Steve Jobs, Trance and Millions. And... Uh, so I chose Millions as my least Danny Boyle film. And that's, I agree. I think I agree with what you were saying about Steve Jobs is there is Danny Boyle in there, but it's less frequently. Mm-hmm. But when he does it, it's bold and you see it. But I think the reason I saw it less is just because it's a Sorkin script, which kind of 
like you just notice that mm. a lot and it's true it kind of overpowers it so i think that's what i was focusing on and enjoying rather than watching mm. and being like oh that was a really danny boyle thing to do or mm-hmm. that's that i saw that done in this movie of his and then trance like you were saying i while it's a really fucking shitty movie it definitely has danny boyle stuff in it um i think millions just stands out as the one that you I can't relate millions to any of his other films. Mm. Do you find that's just narratively though? Because like visually, it does have you know they go in a little box and fly to the moon. Yeah, point. like there's some weird stuff happens in that. Yeah, I also, I guess the weirder, th- it's just all of his stuff handles mature content, I guess, in mm. ways. And this one was, I mean, it's like a kid's movie that's yeah. like do the right thing and yeah. it just stands out as stands out among the rest for mm. me That's yeah because i think that's how we have to weird. judge this if like if you know which film could slip by you like which film if you're showing it and you missed the credits would you never guess to be a danny boyle movie yeah mm-hmm. so. uh i put trance millions and a life less ordinary okay um i mean i guess a life less ordinary still has that danny boyle sound like really strong soundtrack yeah. but to me that's like the only danny boyle Thing about that film um and yeah millions i completely agree with you it's you know it doesn't feel danny boyle at all because it's not there's nothing like dark about it and yeah it's just like a kiddies movie um and trance like you said you know it's, it kind of felt it felt like someone was trying to make a film in a Danny Boyle style yeah. rather than an authentic Danny Boyle film and yeah it was just just such a big mess and <laughs> I don't know like shiny cars and like yeah. people in sharp suits trying to like be cool and, and stuff a little personality and environments yeah, and things and, yeah exactly so I think for me like the least Danny Boyle film has to be Trance Trance yeah. so I want you both because neither of you even put it in your three the one I picked so I want you both to like because I did put your ones in my three mm-hmm. I want you both to convince me that Sunshine is a Danny Boyle movie because I'm interested why it wasn't on either of your lists because for me it is like there's nothing like the music isn't him yeah the, none of the camera angles him not once is there a camera angle like Danny Boyle's used to mm-hmm. doing um, and it you know like I guess yeah the ensemble character thing but a lot of people do ensemble character stuff so like maybe mm-hmm. there is something from that that you find is more Danny Boyle because I, I, I'm noticing I'm looking at these just because of how my head works more from like the directing style mm-hmm. you're definitely looking at it more from because you're an actor maybe from a character style in yeah. terms of what he's doing with characters and ensemble yeah. and stuff which is interesting to me and like for me like what's very distinctive about Danny Boyle films is that it kind of shifts gear halfway and right. Sunshine had that so yeah to me, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because okay. yeah, I would legitimately. I mean, I can definitely understand. Um, I mean, trance. I just wouldn't want to believe it was him, <laughs> but I'd be like, oh, that's a Danny Ball moment, so it wouldn't come as a huge surprise. Yeah. Steve Jobs. There's enough in there. Um, and millions for me. Like it's something where I would find it hard to believe. But there are things in there, even from right at the beginning, when they're running and the house is being built around them. They're like, oh, these are crazy, bold, interesting ideas. Yeah. Um, whereas Sunshine. It would take some convincing for me if I'd seen that film not knowing it was Danny Boyle and someone's like, oh, that's Danny Boyle. And it came like right after all these other movies he had done. Mm. I'd be like, no, don't believe you. Like, it's got to be David Fincher or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it just, um, okay, so our last one. Well, no, sorry, we've got best script. We've got two more and then we go into our... Um, 
worst to best lists. Mm-hmm. Words. We have two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, best script. Yep. Go. Uh, All at the same time. <laughs> All at the same time. One. <laughs> no. Who no. we go? Uh, Steve Jobs, 28 Days Later, and Train Spotting. Okay. Um, I think because, like, Steve Jobs, because, you know, obviously. Um, obviously. Obviously. Uh, 20 days later because there were like few monologues and stuff that I really liked um, quite poetic mm-hmm. which I loved and train spotting because the writing's so strong and you know, bold and it carries the film through um, yeah. but yeah but out of the three definitely Steve Jobs is the best script because you know Alan Sulkin writing is so powerful and yeah yeah yeah. Enough said. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just have. Could you? You came up with this one. Just put one in nine. We're in my list yet. But Steve Jobs is definitely my best script. Um, which is weird because, like I say, I kind of had trouble with how it was separated up the first time I saw it. Because um, I don't feel it's. I feel it's kind of an easy way to write it in some mm-hmm. ways. In terms of oh, if we just go with a huge leap of suspension of disbelief and just have everyone keeps turning up half an hour before mm. each press thing he does. Which, yeah, it's kind of not bad writing, but it's not, you know, testing your ability, I feel, as a narrative storyteller. But for script and character, like, for sure, by Miles, Steve Jobs, that's got to be my favourite. But then, yeah, Trainspotting would be my second favourite just because there's so much. Like, I haven't read the book, but there's so much going on in that <laughs> film. And to, like I say, to balance those characters still, the way that they do is, is really, really tough. Um, and it's hard. I actually like the first half of Sunshine a lot. Um, script wise mm-hmm. um, and I also like um, which one yeah I like the first half of Beach a lot mm. script wise I think it's very smartly paced yeah. and laid out but they have problems for me in the second half so. Ali my three options are 127 Hours Steve Jobs and 28 Days Later um, 127 Hours because one it's hard to do that with just one character to have Mm -hmm. a script and have it be entertaining and not feel pushed and forced and like i said my favorite scene is where he's playing the game show host and talking to himself as both characters steve jobs because everything that we've all just said and it's a sorkin script and it was delivered really 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 well and then 28 days later because i like that it's not necessarily dialogue heavy at the beginning you don't really hear anything and you don't need to. I like mm. that it's not, he's not using dialogue as a crutch to explain things. He's just showing you. Yeah. And then. That is true. It comes in later and I think it's it's very well done. Mm. Interestingly, 127, actually no, I'll let you say which one's your favorite first. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Yeah. Okay. For sure. 127 hours is the only one that Danny Balls had a hand in writing. Hmm. Um, in the writing between him and Simon Beaufort. Um, all right, then let's get to our last topic before we go into our actual lists, which is which film would you most like to see a sequel to? And we've had Trainspotting 2, so it can be Trainspotting 3. It cannot be a sequel to Trainspotting 1, obviously. <laughs> um, and 28 Days Later already has 28 Weeks Later, which was not done by Danny Boyle, even though he did produce it. Um, so you can have a sequel from that. I would, you know, I would accept a sequel to 28 Days Later will be 28 months later at this point. So um, I'll go first for this okay. one. I would like, and I was thinking, this was one, the question that excited me the most, to be honest, because I love thinking about which films we'd like a sequel to. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of films on this list that I do not want a sequel to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and not just because I didn't necessarily enjoy the movie, but just because I don't want to know anymore. 
Um, so one I would like to take away is Train Spotting 2. I don't want to know any more about those characters. I don't want to know what he did with that money. I don't want to know. I just I love how they leave Train Spotting 1. And following that story for me is a bad idea. Uh, I would love a sequel to Steve Jobs. I genuinely think there's so much you can tell, obviously, about that person's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many they could tackle it in very different ways or in the same way and just find a different series of, you know, I would even watch it. Yeah, another one set around three presentations again of the latter half of his career when he was going through the success and I'm sure there's interesting stuff to talk about in that struggle as well um, or you could flip it and do something completely more you know normal narrative structure with it um, but I would just I would, yeah would love to see Michael Fassbender playing a character again and learning more about other elements of his life and people around him I would love to see a sequel to The Beach actually mm-hmm. in a weird way I'm kind of way more interested in where those characters are 20 years later than I am train spotting um, because they all clearly had problems mm-hmm. <laughs> and they escaped them for a bit and then things went really bad and they come back to their lives and I don't know what they've learned like I'm not sure where Richard is at the end of that film um, Richard's his name isn't it yeah yeah um, so I'd be very interested to see Leo like later on like I feel that once you've had that taste of something like that, that's not going to leave you. And like it could turn into an addiction for something else or it could be like he needs another escape like that and he upturns his life when he's married and has kids and he just walks away or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I'm kind of interested because you could go so many different routes for that. Um, but 100% the film I most want to have a sequel to is I want 28 months later so badly. Mm-hmm. So badly. Mm. Um, I enjoy 28 weeks later. I think it's actually a very well-made film by a good director. But it's, for me, 28 Weeks Later is pointless, and I'm not going to say any spoilers for it, but the whole narrative of it is pointless if there isn't a 28 months later. It basically deals with the ending of 28 Days Later where the infection's over by the mm-hmm. end of 28 Days Later, which is probably my least favorite thing about 28 Days mm-hmm. Later. 28 Weeks Later has to kind of reset that, mm-hmm. essentially, so that you can then have a 28 months later. And we know Danny Boyle was trying to make it for a while. Um, he just didn't want to do 28 Weeks Later. And I don't know why it hasn't happened because zombies are still doing pretty well. Uh, yeah, World sure. War Z two is about to come out. They're definitely dwindling a little bit, but yeah. it's been a long time now. It's been since two thousand and one that they've been a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would fucking. I just, I just really want to see mm-hmm. that, and I love the idea of months later. How far on that will be? Obviously, it won't be. Um, well, no, she could still be the same characters. I don't even care if it's not the same characters. Same though. characters is the first one or the yeah, second one? Yeah, uh, the first one. Mm. I won't mind coming back to them. Um, I don't mind if it's completely new people. I don't mind maybe the two groups meet in some way. And that mm. kind of gives more purpose to 28 Weeks Later. Don't mind. Mm. But I really want to see that film. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Yeah, no. Um, this was a tough question because I, in general, I hate sequels. Right. Um, I never have the desire to watch sequels. Um, so, yeah. So um, the only one I had on my list was 28 Days Later. Um, but then I didn't really like 28 Weeks Later so much. Okay. Because um, I thought the plot line was a bit contrived and, you know, blah, blah. But if Danny um, Ball, because we're saying yeah. that any of these Danny Ball will come back. Yeah, just if he would come back and do it, I think I definitely want, I would definitely get excited about it. Yeah. And definitely go and see it in the cinema. And yeah, I think The Beach as well. The characters are great, so you know it'll be interesting to see a sequel to that. But then it might 
I kind of fear that it might be the same with like T2, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a big reunion between all of the people. Yeah. Yeah. Because one of the things are like, is she still living on that island and yeah. stuff at the end? You know, like, what's. I kind of like everyone to like be, get called back onto the island and then it turns into like Lord of, Lord of the Flies situation. That'd be pretty cool. Like a, yeah, like a battle royale thing has yeah, become like exactly. a game for the drug dealers or exactly. something to get tourists onto the island and yeah. then pit them against each other. That would be pretty awesome. That would be a film I'll watch. Allie? So I have two options. Is I it w- Trance 2? <laughs> it is Trance 2. It would be Trance Redo. Um, I, <laughs> I, although that was Trance. Trance was a redo of the TV movie. Um, I chose it's it was between the beach and 28 days later i was going to include steve jobs on there also but i think the reason i love it so much is because it tackles the part of steve jobs that no one knows about Mm -hmm. so i would be worried that if there were a sequel and it were about the later pitches that people have because it ends with the one that people remember max starting as like the blue the colorful computer Mm. and the two before that you might know about just from research or if you're a really big fan and for some reason know a lot about Steve Jobs, but most people I think don't know about those products. Um, And so I think if they were to get into the later ones, I would worry that it would butcher it and just piss me off. And I would about iPhones and iPads. Yeah. If they started like tackling social media with it, it would just, but that's what I mean that they were like weird with it with that one in yeah. terms of how they approach they approach the struggle in his life yeah and there's i there's 100 percent got to been struggle in the rest of his life it just might have come mm. from different places so for mm-hmm. me it's like you don't need to talk really like you can nod that yeah okay the iphone's coming out at this point or the ipad's coming out at this point or the macbook pro or whatever but i feel then they can be talking about something else like maybe yeah. the struggle's coming more from his relationship with his wife or maybe mm-hmm. it's coming from a different investment that he's going into or maybe him realizing he's an asshole i don't know what's going on with yeah. him, but mm-hmm. but i feel He's just such an interesting, convoluted character. There's got to be a story to tell. If it were more based on him as a person and what was happening in his life at that point, I would be way more interested. Yeah. But I would be worried that whoever is writing the script is, because they're such big products, they would be writing about how they affected people and how people used them. And I would be yeah. way less interested in that than learning more about him and his life and his relationships with people around him. I'm going him. with if there's a sequel, it's got to be Aaron Sorkin and it's got to be Dan and Boyle. Mm. And like considering he c- could have done that. Like if you hear it, like when I heard this, oh, there's a film about Steve Jobs, my head is, oh, it's going to be, like I said, like The Social Network. It's going to be a mm-hmm. comprehensive telling of how he got to that place, mm-hmm. which is not at all. So I feel if they both approached it again, and Aaron Sorkin's going to want to do something weird again and yeah. pick something very personable. Um, yeah. So, how? So, we. Which one did you pick? I also am choosing twenty-eight days later. Okay. So, 28 so we're all unanimous. Yeah. Mm. Make fucking twenty-eight months later. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one most likely to happen, which is yeah, good news yeah, for sure. Like True. I feel he'll get around to that, and particularly if Transpond Two does well internationally mm-hmm. in America, like it's doing very well at the moment. Mm-hmm. But if it does well in America, then that could give him the power to be able to say, "Cool, yeah. now I want to do twenty-eight months later." That'd be awesome. Um, all right then this is it our list so we've scored them film by film as we went through um, but we did make the caveat of we might be changing those scores right mm-hmm. now as we get perspective on things shuffle shuffle first of all how easy was this for you guys to put I them had, in an order I struggled with two groups and it okay. was deciding one and two for me and then it was there are three films that I gave a score of 6.5 to 7 and I struggled with putting those three in order Okay, okay. Uh, Huka, how easy was this? Um, it was quite difficult because 
you know, there's so many ways of looking at it. You know, it could be like your your favorite personal favorite. It could be, you know, favorite because because it's the most Danny Boyle film mm-hmm. and all that. So yeah, it was well, just because you got memories attached to it. And all yeah, exactly, like exactly. Yeah, it is hard with that stuff. I was trying to separate memories, but I can't. I definitely personally wasn't burning for like yeah, like in terms of Danny Boyleness or anything. Mm-hmm. For me, I try to do just what I think is genuinely the best movie, but yeah, yeah. it is hard to separate nostalgia or sometimes. Exactly. Um, Thank you for putting it in such a much better way than <laughs> I <was> trying. <laughs> You're a ridiculous human being. Um, yeah, I, I do a lot of these lists because I'm an idiot. Um, so I found it kind of easy. But the way I break it up, I actually didn't look at any of my old scores for this, so I don't know if any of them are contradictory, which they might be to what I said in the podcast um, but I kind of separated them into like groups of two which I found mm-hmm. very easy to do like groups of two or three in terms of well these are definitely the contenders for my favourite these are contenders for my worst and then in the mm. middle it's kind of easy to like mm-hmm. chunk it together and then it's just looking at those two films and going well which one do you mm-hmm. prefer so let's do it I'm trying to think does it make sense to go for like 12 when we all say 12 11 we all say 11 or does it make sense one of us just says 12 through to one because it might get confusing if we're all I don't know which around is more interesting. I think one person at a time. Yeah, because then you okay. they're going through. You're on their personal journey. I always listen. This might get confused, mm-hmm. and we're never normally confusing to our listeners. <laughs> 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 never. All right, who wants to go first? I don't mind. Should I go first? You go first. Drew. Okay. All right. Okay. So from reverse order. So from twelve to one. Oh, from twelve yeah, to yeah, one. Yeah, don't start with your favorite. I see. Okay. I can see you about to do it. I <laughs> you. She's about to say her favorite. Song. <laughs> okay. So. I tell you I, what, I don't know. I can't actually tell. Like, I know before what you would have said. Uh-huh. You, I think, I've got an idea for. But I can't. I genuinely don't know. So okay. I'm kind of excited. I, yeah. Not the most unpredictable person. I'm fairly predictable. Okay. So <laughs> let's see. Okay. My least favorite, so the 12th, goes to millions. Okay. Uh, and the score I gave it is three. Okay. Um, I also gave Trance a three. Okay. But I think I like trance slightly more than millions. Is that because there's pointless nudity in trance? Is that what it is? Yes, you know, like you can't, yeah. You have to appreciate female nudity. Yeah. Because like millions was really preachy and I hate preachy stuff. Okay. Um, Yeah, and then, so that's millions is the 12th, trance is 11th, a life less ordinary is the 10th, and I gave it four. Followed by shallow grave. Which I gave a five. T2, I also gave it a five, but I think I liked it a little bit more than Shallow Grave, mainly because of nostalgia. I wanted to like it, so yeah. Um, and then Slum Dog, seven. I also gave 127 hours seven, but I think I liked it a little bit more than Slum Dog. And then The Beach, which I gave an eight. Followed by 28 Days Later, 8.5. That's number four, yeah? Your fourth one? Yes. Okay. Now we're into a top three. Yeah. Shall I wait or shall no. I? Yeah? Go for it. Go for it. Okay. The third, and the third place goes to Steve Jobs, nine. Because I think it was the best... It's probably the best film that he's made in terms of, like, production values and how elegantly made it was and stuff okay so i also gave train spotting a nine yeah so it's score wise it's a tie with steve jobs but i like train spotting better 
A, because of nostalgia, but B, because I liked how perfectly imperfect it was. Because hmm. nice. um, that's what I really love in Danny Boyle. That it's like some things doesn't make sense and some, yeah. you know, it's, it can be a bit of a mess, but then you kind of appreciate the energy and There's the a rawness how to it. It Yeah, rawness, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And then, oh, yeah, and then the top goes to Sunshine, 9.5. <laughs> because, yeah, because it's, it's a very personal thing because I love like um, beautifully shot morbid sci-fis that's like my favorite film genre okay so it's not only my favorite danny ball film but it's also one of my very favorite films yeah so yeah i kind of had to give it a what was 28 days on that sorry for you uh 8.5 fourth 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 yeah. place okay Oh, yeah. So sunshine is your favorite. Well, that that was your favorite one coming in as well, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay. Did anything? I was quite torn. Did anything change in there for you though? From yeah, your yeah, definitely. I think um, I struggled between sunshine, train spotting, and Steve Jobs, which is um, was quite surprising because, like, when I first when I came into it, I knew sunshine was going to be my favorite, followed, probably followed by Twenty Eight Days Later. Right. But okay. Twenty Eight Days. Days later, it's now the fourth. Now the fourth. Yeah, I was going to say, so. I expected that one to be high on your list. Mm -hmm. So was Steve Jobs the biggest surprise for you? Yeah, definitely, because it wasn't, it wasn't on my radar at all. Mm. Um, I don't think I would have watched it if... Um, I hadn't sat you down before. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, Train Spotting and Steve Jobs was the polar opposite because, yeah. you know, one's like the messy, chaotic, yeah. you know, bottom of an energy true. and Steve Jobs is the very... Clean. Clean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Ali's on. Yes. As the newcomer to all these movies, give us your first perspective. From 12 to 1. 12 to 1. Okay. So 12 for me is Trance. I gave it a 3. And then 11 is Millions, which I gave a 3.5. Okay. And I just did that because while I didn't enjoy either one, I understood the story in millions right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and that's what it came down to okay so you do think that they would they did what they were trying to do better even if you yeah. didn't enjoy it i didn't like it by any means yeah. but in terms of it being com like an under easy to understand it was more successful it piece makes of filmmaking sense as a story right. more than trans does to me mm -hmm. so then this is the first grouping that i had struggling with because i gave them all a 6.5 to 7 okay. i didn't choose mm -hmm on any of them so 10 9 and 8 so for 10 i have a life less ordinary hmm. 9 i have t2 and 8 i have shallow grave okay so for me this was they're all 6.5 to 7 which means i wasn't super passionate about anything in any of them to give them a 7.5 or higher or a 5.5 and lower like millions of trans i'm like no this is shit so i passionately <laughs> give them scores lower than a five okay. and everything else there's things that i really really love which is why they have higher scores so i'm interested now where if you so the hand that takes you up to eight does it yeah okay i'm interested if your seven's going to be train spotting then because yeah like we said on a on a on a t2 podcast when you first came out you said they were both about the same but for different reasons yeah and t2 seems to have slipped down lower than i'd expected it to be hmm. so seven so seven for me is Slumdog Millionaire. Really? With a score of a seven. Your only previously seen Boyle film. Yes. Yeah. Which you really liked, didn't you? Yeah, and I still really like it. It's 
but so so six for me is train spotting also with a score of a seven okay mm-hmm. so they both have the same score but as overall films train spotting just has it makes sense and it doesn't upset me as much as slumdog does all the way through okay. just because slumdog is i love it and i think it's a great story and i think it's really well done and it's entertaining and i think it's beautiful but i hate that everything is like oh you're coincidentally asking me all the questions that i have stories that explain why i know the answer Mm. to it except for the last one and then he still gets it right so i would have forgiven that more if he had gotten the last one wrong but then they still commit to the oh no this is also gonna be oh look what a coincidence i don't have a story associated with this question but i'm still gonna get it right yeah so yeah we should have done our least favorite lead characters as well because for me Uh, sunshine would have been probably my winner slump dog would have been one of mine as well and mm-hmm. just the ones that are just the most blah yeah just like there's nothing really going on yeah because i know we talked about this i don't remember which podcast i think probably in slum dog that the lead character in slum dog and in millions they yeah. just don't ever do anything wrong there's no arc yeah. at mm-hmm. all exactly. so yeah, um how so t2 was where for you which number nine nine and then term and terminator one and <laughs> terminator one was <laughs> six Six. Okay. Yeah. There's more of a gap between those unexpected. Are you sure it's not just because me and Haruka have just been belligerently <laughs> going on and on and on about no. how much, how much it means to us? It's so. coherent like. stories. It's from start to end. What makes sense? And do I like the relationships between the people? And That's Spud. what it comes down to for me. And Spud. Spud. If we're going just based off of Spud, I like Spud and T2 better. <laughs> oh, really? You like yeah. him and T2 more? Is that he's, he's a, he's a bigger a deal and he's more yeah. emotional and he yeah. is... Hit someone over the head with something. Telling people, I am a drug addict. Don't give me money. He doesn't have a bed sheet full of poop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. In the toy accessory version of Spud, you prefer two where he comes with a little journal to write in than <laughs> number one where he comes with a... He's so much sadder, but he's still happy and he still... It makes me happy to see him on screen. Yep. Mm. Yeah. I like okay. him better in T2, but the relationships that they all have with each other are way more believable and make way more sense for me in the first one. Mm. That is correct. All right. Your <laughs> <laughs> opinion is right. Yep. <laughs> so that's up to six. So then for me, five is the beach with a score of an eight. And then four is sunshine with an 8.5. Three oh, okay. is 28 days later, also with an 8.5. And then uh, one and two was the other one I struggled with. Um, because so you've I, got Steve Jobs and 127 hours left. Yes. Okay. Both with a score of a nine. So then it just came down to preference, really. Mm-hmm. And one more thing, which I'll say after I reveal it, because then that would give it away. So for two, <laughs> <laughs> I have Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. which leaves 127 hours as my favorite. So I did that one because I just love the story in 127 hours. I think James Franco is amazing. That's my favorite scene. And I just think it's really well done overall. And he pulls off only having one character. Um, and also because Steve Jobs, the thing I love most about it is the writing, which isn't Danny Boyle. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's great. So you've got some very like, there's some echoes between the two of you, but yeah. there's some mm-hmm. very different Yeah, we had a tops. lot the same. I was really interested that you went for, yeah, like a couple of the horror ones, like Sunshine and 28 Days Later got so high up mm-hmm. your list. That was really surprised me as we went through that you got to 28 Days Later, you know, this is my favorite so far. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, did anything, I mean, like I say, you're the freshest to Danny Boyle. So, like, did anything surprise you? Did anything excite you? Are you excited to see an Danny Boyle, Danny Boyle film? Do you feel you've seen enough Danny Boyle films? No, I, <laughs> I mean, I would go see anything else that he's doing. Um, it is weird because normally I like 
like my favorite films are my favorite because of memories I have associated with them. Like Moulin Rouge is my favorite because it was my first favorite and because I was introduced to it when I was sharing a room with my sister in a rental house and she would watch it every night before going to bed. Mm. Oh, wow. And I had an earlier bedtime, so I would sit there and pretend to be asleep and wait for her bedtime to come and she would come in and put Moulin Rouge on and fall asleep to it. Aww. So that's my memory that I have associated just with out, it. Go, just for one. <laughs> <laughs> so... But yeah, I don't, is, that's what was different for this is all of these movies I saw within the last month and a half of my life. Yeah. It's just been so, a condensed yeah. way to learn about <laughs> <laughs> Which is great in a way because then I'm just looking at the movie and do I like it or do I not, not based on, oh, well, this was happening in my life at the time and that made it special for me. Mm. Which is also, it doesn't discount that at all because that's some of my favorite movies are because of memories well yeah that's what I was going to say because like, there's a lot of genres covered here and as Haruka you said with your top one partly it's obviously because you love the film but mm-hmm. it's also partly because that is in your genre space of yeah. what appeals to you exactly. the most um, I don't I mean I'm still I'm getting to understand like your genre space like I think I'd use that like did any of these make you more interested in survivalist films like 127 Hours or horror films like 28 Days Later or like do you feel like what you liked about these was just particularly Danny Boyle? Or do you feel any of them no, I think made you feel a genre? Maybe or something you like. Sunshine is obviously a genre that's very specific. And yeah. Um, well, with horror, I know I've always liked horror, but I never watched it growing up because no one around me liked it. So I just never did any of it by myself. Right. And now that I'm with you and all your people who also <laughs> love horror films, I'm getting introduced to way more. And I still love them, and my roommate Laudan now loves them, but we don't watch them often for some reason. Okay. But she's really fun to watch horror movies with. I, really I want to watch it. a horror movie with Laudan badly. She's very jumpy and vocal. <laughs> it's incredible. But then it's also, I just sit there. I, there's no way I could ever watch one in a cinema with her because I would just laugh hysterically the whole time. Oh, we got to fucking do it. I, I want to be sitting next to the screamer. Yeah, watching people <laughs> scream and get scared is one of my favorite things. <laughs> I love it so much. I get so much joy out of it. And so I would just lose it and laugh in the oh. cinema and that would not be good. If you're listening to the show a lot, then it's happening since <laughs> I get back to LA. That's what we do. We can do it at either y'all's place or our place. Yeah, definitely. I no, I want to take it. No, that. I want to take it to a public space. <laughs> <laughs> if she comes to our place, I want to put her in the yeah, VR residual or something to completely well, fuck her up. When but. she, do you remember the story about A Nightmare on Elm Street? The first time she saw it? No. She, so when I told her that y'all were doing the podcast, she like freaked out because the when they watched the first one in her high school film class and the part where his tongue comes out of the phone yeah she st- <laughs> <What>? <laughs> i think i've told you but she says that she stood up in the classroom <laughs> right <laughs> sorry ali's just dying right now so i laugh way too hard Oh my god. So she stood up, screamed. <laughs> she stood up to scream? Yes. Because <laughs> screaming doesn't give you enough no, attention. No, she you had have to stand, to stand up. up, push her chair back, and spun in a circle. What? <laughs> oh my How god. does that help anything? Does that protect you? Maybe. It doesn't make any sense, but just picture her. <laughs> Is that how so she's going to be if we're ever in danger? Probably. She's just going to so stand up. Anytime something happened, because then we rewatched it after she told me this story. Yeah. And she's. She didn't do any of that, unfortunately, because <laughs> I would have loved it if she did. But she, anytime something was about to happen that she remembered, she would look at me and like wait for me to have that reaction. <laughs> She's <laughs> waiting like, for me to I don't react pain. like that in horror movies. <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, anytime something was coming up, she could feel her tense up and get really scared. And then at the end of the movie, when she 
looked over at me and asked me if it scared me and i said no she was really upset oh, that i wasn't scared no no she's just creepy fucking <laughs> Um, I, I I can understand standing up. I don't understand spinning around. That, <laughs> that is fucking bizarre. Did she spin around to look the other way, or was it a three sixty spin? I don't know. That's important. We'll have to ask her. La then, <laughs> send us an email. At we are Al. She's done that before. <laughs> yes, she has, and I did not read out that email. She wrote me a poem. Yes, she did. She maybe will read that on next week's you podcast. You said send us, and we'll read any email you send. Yeah. And she sent you an email. She sent you she a poem. She purposely tried to make that hard for me to follow. <laughs> I tell you what, we'll read that out on podcast seventy-five. I think mm. it is the next one. Somewhere. Yeah, she's fun. So we got your number one film, one hundred twenty-seven hours. Yes. Um, I have a sort of similar list to you guys. Like we're we're in the same wheelhouse in places. All of our least favorite films were Trance and Millions. Mm-hmm. Uh, my I least favorite that. is Trance. <laughs> um, even though I do think it's it's a much better made film than Millions. Um, it is much more complicated to make and there's a lot more going on and I think it's better shot and all that stuff. Um, but I just dislike it more. I feel mm-hmm. Millions has a good heart to it, even though it's not a film that I'm interested in. Um, and I kind of like the little kid in Millions. I thought yeah, he was kind of cute. cute. Uh, now my 10th least favorite, so my least favorite in the real movies <laughs> <laughs> that will count as Danny Boyle uh, was T2, Train Spotting. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can hear why by going to our T2 podcast and listening to my rant at the end of that <laughs> podcast. I'm pretty reserved throughout that podcast, so make sure you get right to the end. Number nine for me is A Life Less Ordinary. Um, I actually enjoyed this movie way more than I remembered. I'd forgotten almost everything about it, mm-hmm. um, but there's certain elements in it that I just hate, that I really hate. But the general story I'm kind of with and the two characters I'm kind of with, I think they're kind of fun. I just don't like Cameron Diaz very much. <laughs> I wish they paired Ewan McGregor with someone mm. more with more chemistry um and yeah the soundtrack's great it really is but yep. but all of the angel stuff drives me crazy <laughs> uh number eight is shallow grave um there's not much wrong with this movie i actually really like it for what it does it does feel of its time i think the most for yeah. me mm. like it feels very 90s um and it feels very scottish uh but the story's like a very you know pretty simple noir film and i like the chemistry between the three actors mm-hmm. uh, Number seven for me is Slumdog Millionaire. Um, yeah, one that I was always... I, I worried I was too too anti just because it won an Oscar and mm-hmm. a bunch of Oscars and stuff. Um, and it's a great film. Like, it really is. I think it's made incredibly well. Yeah. I just find the lead character... I just don't feel anything mm-hmm. while watching that movie. And yeah, the ending ruins it for me. If, like Ali had said, it had an ending where they handled it where the message of the film then made sense mm-hmm. and he didn't win the, the jackpot... Mm-hmm but realized he'd, you know, he'd managed to connect with her, then I would definitely like this film a lot more. Number six for me, brace yourself, is Sunshine. Mm. Um, How dare you? <laughs> it's it's weird, because for me, out of his real films, this is, I keep forgetting about it, even though we just covered it. Like, I keep forgetting about it um, to a point where I almost want to go and watch it again, because, like, I don't remember much. And again, I think for me, it's just the lead character. Like, I find him so forgettable in this movie and it's not his fault acting I just think it's the character it's the mm-hmm. writing of it um, but I love the setting and I love the build and I love the simple premise of it um, so much but then the ending as well I, I don't need this fucking <laughs> the fire dude walking yeah. around hunting them yeah. around the ship just yeah. makes it feel TV movie and that's the problem yeah. that's the bit I remember of the movie mm-hmm. when I think back I remember the bit I didn't like with yeah. that guy yeah I would um, have given given, in a, given this a 10 if it wasn't for the the monster dude for the monster yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and number five for me is The Beach 
I still feel the same way about this movie as I did when I first saw it. I think I really, really like it a lot. I don't like the computer game section <laughs> and the <laughs> ending. It gets to way too quickly for me uh, with how he changes. But it, I find it really fun. It's a film I could mm. definitely go back to a lot because there's a lot going on in it um, and very vibrant. Number four for me is 127 Hours. I yeah really love this movie. Um, it feels both yeah very Danny Boyle and very different from his work as we've sort of covered in this podcast. And yeah it's one it's my type of movie like i like survivalist movies i like movies that have simple premises about one person um i kind of opposite from you with that stuff i prefer movies not to be an ensemble most mm-hmm. of the time i like to just get into one person's headspace right and yeah i think you do a great job with this film with that number three for me is 28 days later and that is partly because it's a great film it's also partly because it's genre specific i love horror um and that film was an incredibly important horror film for me what are you grinning about ali <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I just see you smirking to yourself. What's happening? Nothing. Keep going. You gonna illuminate us later? Probably not. <laughs> what the fuck? That's not fair. Um, it's like the soundtrack's great. I love all the characters in it. It's got. It feels really cheap as well in a good way though. Mm. Like, and I think as a filmmaker, it's the film where you watch it and you go, "I can make a film like that." It's like <laughs> it makes you excited to make movies. You know. Mm. Um, so it means a lot to me personally, um, and I really like not the ending ending but you know the ending like i like the, the finale and stuff mm. in the film i think it's really cool uh which leaves my top two which is steve jobs and train spotting and this was the only place where i really struggled um and i had to give my top spot in the end to train spotting just because i've loved it for so long whereas steve jobs it was only the second viewing of it that crystallized how much i loved that movie mm-hmm. um so it doesn't have the reverence you know to like I feel to have the top spot for me and train spotting. And I would argue train spotting is a better film and just not in terms of performances necessarily or writing, but there's so much going on in that movie and the camera work is exceptional. In it. And I'm with you. I like a bit of rawness in my films. Mm-hmm. I don't like things to be too perfect. Um, it's just, just the energy of it and the characters and it's funny and it's sad and it's depressing and it's scary and exhilarating and the music and I just yeah I really do genuinely love that movie and it was it's like I think we said in that podcast me and Alison have been going back to a lot of films from my youth um, for me to show her some of my favourite films and it has been interesting which ones for me I watch and I go oh I'm a little bit embarrassed of this one now or this one's aged a little bit or like Fight Club was a big example for me. Still a great film, but doesn't have the impact it used to have. Seems quite tame now. Right. Um, but Trainspotting for me still felt the same. Like it still had this incredible energy and viciousness to it, which I love. Um, so yeah, my number one film would be Trainspotting. Wow. And I'm really happy to have gone back and watched all these. Um, I was most excited originally because I'd missed two of his films. <laughs> turns out there is a you reason weren't missing <laughs> why most people haven't seen millions or trance yeah it turns out don't watch it yeah um i would yeah so i'm very excited about anything danny bull does always happen um he only lost me a little bit during slumdog but mm-hmm. um i was right back on for 127 hours um what is he doing next though that's the question do you guys know what he's doing next nope i haven't talked to him in a while no, not mm. returning your emails anymore. No. Nope. So in 2016, um, he announced. Was it 2016 or was it the end of 2015? No, sorry, it was actually the beginning of 2015. No, mm. nope. No. <laughs> we'll never Let's know. Let's just edit that bit out. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, on March the 15th, I think it was, or in March, anyway, in 2016, he announced he was doing a TV show next. Oh. Um, which is called, what's it called? Trust. And it's a 10-part series that looks at the kidnapping of uh, the oil fortune heir from John Paul Getty III. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Um, which I presume are the same Gettys of the Getty Trust with yeah. the Getty mm. building in, in LA and stuff, which is one of my favorite places to go to. Yeah, my friend auditioned for it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it says here that he's set to make a return to TV with Trust, a new series looking at the tragic tale of oil fortune heir J. Paul Getty III, who was kidnapped and held ransom for about five months in the Calabria Mountains near Rome, Italy. Um, it goes into saying some things that actually happened, which will be spoilers, so I won't say that. Uh, Fox will be airing the series that described the show as equal parts family history, uh, a dynasty saga, and satirical examination of the corrosive power of money. Uh, Danny Boyle is also trying to make a musical film with David Bowie, um, who turned down his idea, so he was always sad about that, apparently. Mm. Um, and in November 2015, Danny Boyle admitted that his latest film, Steve Jobs, brought in a disappointing box office figures. Um, it made just £6.5 million over its opening weekend, which was less than a third of its estimated £20 million uh, pounds to make. Um, and it was yeah, branded as a flop. A quote, he said, well, it went from being on in 2,500 cinema screens to 421 screens pretty quickly. And he said, it's very disappointing that when it was released wide across America, it didn't really work. So it's retreated back now to the main cities. It's very easy in hindsight, but I think it's probably that we released it too wide, too soon. The history of the film as we were dropped by Sony and Universal have been exemplary in the way they've stood up for the film, promoting it and supporting us throughout the whole process. And I think they are very genuinely proud of the film. Sure, you might have done it a different way, but you know you've got to get on now. And I actually hope that people will still find the film because I think that those who do find it rewarding. Um, so yeah I don't know I mean obviously that had an effect on him maybe going back to TV to mm. do something a bit different um, he had had uh, sorry I'm losing track now what was the film before Steve Jobs for him uh, 127, 127 hours 127 hours yeah that hadn't made as much money despite getting a lot of awards mm-hmm. oh no it was trans before Steve Jobs oh, oh of course nice. yeah yeah so he'd had 127 hours hadn't made as much money as he, it needed to really mm-hmm. even though it did well critically trance yeah went very <laughs> nope. quickly then into the dvd realms and um then steve jobs didn't get the money it needed to mm. at all so train spotting too i mean it's probably one of the reasons he came back to scottish money i guess and mm. european money um seems to be doing well so hopefully yeah. we'll open doors for him again yeah um i'm sure like and i'm not saying that in a derogatory way towards tv i, I would think a 10-part tv show from him will be interesting oh yeah definitely I mean, there's a lot of film directors getting into TV yeah, nowadays. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I just find he's got... Yeah, I'm interested because he did start in TV. He started with Inspector mm-hmm. Morse and things like that. Right. Um, so I'm very interested to see what he does with the TV, but particularly in a mini miniseries kind of way. Mm-hmm. I feel if he was spread out too thin and just as a showrunner or something, yeah. you're going to dilute all the Danny Boyle-ness. Oh, yeah, definitely. I hope he's directing all the episodes because that'll be awesome. Yeah, all there is in IMDb right now is episode one, which is definitely directed by him, right. um, but it's not out yet. I think it's just been piloted or something. Um, so who knows if it even gets picked up. Mm. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping for 28 months later. That's what I want. That would be so cool. We'll it would see. be. You can uh, join us for all of our other retrospectives. We're about to uh, jump straight into our Twin Peaks, which is going to do 
Uh, we have two podcasts every week with two episodes on each podcast <laughs> um, until the new Twin Peaks show kicks off, which is fuck when's that May the something? Where is it? Twenty first, May the twenty first, um, and then it will become weekly after that as each episode comes out. Uh, Katie's going to be running that podcast in LA. That is going to be awesome. Um, it's quite. Uh, thing to chew off <laughs> but she said as long as we can get the right people yeah so this might not happen if we can't get the right people but we have people <laughs> interested right now so that should be going ahead but regardless of that we're going to have a horror stuff we've got Nightmare on Elm Street right now um, and that will be continuing every Friday we're having a complete rebranding right now of all of our podcasts and our website and all of that stuff so it's going to be easier for you so despite if you've been listening to the series I've been saying let us know if you're getting too much in your feed we are changing all that now. So um, you are going to be able to subscribe to exactly the content you want. If you just want the Danny Boyle podcast, you can subscribe to that. If you just want all the director's podcasts, you can subscribe to that. If you just want all movies, you can subscribe to that. And if you want everything, then you can just subscribe to We Are Geeks, which is what will be up soon. Um, we also have our topical podcast, Simply Called Geeks, where we go through movies and game reviews and news and stuff every single week, every Tuesday. Um, so look out for us there where you can hear us broadening our scope of what we're chatting about <laughs> rather than just one thing um so yeah just head over to itunes type in we are geeks and you'll get up all of our feeds and then subscribe to what you want leave a little comments please leave some notes if we can help organize things better for you then please do let us know um and head to we are tessellate which is our company uh you'll see that underneath in the publishing on itunes uh where you can then see our movies and our music and all that stuff because we're a production company run out of LA run out of London run out of Tokyo we're making our first feature film right now called Starfish which we're in the middle of post-production on in London I've been your host Mr. Al White on all the social medias uh, please do follow me you can also play games with me on Xbox if you want to still Mr. Al White Haruka why can people play video games with you? <laughs> I don't play video games sorry. get out get out of my I'm house sorry, sorry. <laughs> I don't have a telly what are you on the Twitters? I am on Twitter and Facebook. I'm Haruka Abe, um, H-R-U-K-A-A-B-E. And on Instagram, I'm Haruka.Haruka. Which would you suggest, Twitter or Instagram? Instagram. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I love Instagram. Do you take photos of your cool dress-up for Mill and Rouge? Is that up on no. Instagram yet? No. Come on, you got to put that up. You look great. No. Well, no, Your fancy maybe. dress that you do is insane. I, I still remember that one. Remember, I got photos of you from when you were on the tube years ago and you had like the huge hair going out oh, to the yeah. side. Oh, yeah. Halloween. That looked incredible. That was fun. Allison. I am Ali Sue on Instagram. That's it. That's it? Yeah. People can't play video games with you either? Not unless you're at Al White's house. Fuck you guys. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're also going to have a, if you're listening to this as these podcasts go up, we're going to have a big Switch review on the new Nintendo console. That'll be up next week. An episode, I think, 75 um, or 76, but it'll say in the header. And a special poem from Lada Nagata. And we'll be reading a special <laughs> fucking poem from Lada. All right. She'll All be right. so excited. She probably so, didn't even notice that you didn't read it. Will you guys do another one of these with me one day in the future? Yes. If you find yeah. something you can gravitate towards? Yeah. We can have a voting thing so you guys can pick something. It can be, it can be something short. It be something just four movies. Sounds good. Do a little one. I'm in. Cool. All right. Let's go do that now. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just thank before you. she flies back to LA. Exactly. Yeah. We can cram it in. We can do it in 24 hours. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week. And we're out. Bye. Ciao, Bye. ciao.